Chapter Five of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devora Allen. Peter Simple, by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Five. I am introduced to the quarterdeck and first lieutenant, who pronounces me very clever. Trotted below to Mrs. Trotter. Canubial bliss in a cockpit. Mrs. Trotter takes me in as a messmate. On our arrival on board, the coxswain gave a note from the captain to the first lieutenant, who happened to be on deck. He read the note, looked at me earnestly, and then I overheard him say to another lieutenant, The service is going to the devil. Here's another of the fools of a family made a present of to the country. Another cub for me to lick into shape. Well, I never saw the one yet I did not make something of. Where's Mr. Simple? I am Mr. Simple, sir, replied I, very much frightened at what I had overheard. Now, Mr. Simple, said the first lieutenant, observe and pay particular attention to what I say. The captain tells me in this note that you have been shamming stupid. Now, sir, I am not to be taken in that way. I have looked attentively at your face, and I see at once that you are very clever. And if you do not prove so in a very short time, why, you had better jump overboard, that's all. Perfectly understand me. I know that you are a very clever fellow, and having told you so, don't you pretend to impose upon me, for it won't do. I was very much terrified at this speech, but at the same time I was pleased to hear that he thought me clever, and I determined to do all in my power to keep up such an unexpected reputation. Quartermaster, said the first lieutenant, tell Mr. Trotter to come on deck. The quartermaster brought up Mr. Trotter, who apologized for being so dirty, as he was breaking casks out of the hold. He was a short, thick-set man, about thirty years of age, with a nose which had a red club to it, very dirty teeth, and large black whiskers. Mr. Trotter, said the first lieutenant, here is a young gentleman who has joined the ship. Introduce him into the berth, and see his hammock's lung. You must look after him a little. I really have very little time to look after any of them, sir, replied Mr. Trotter, but I will do what I can. Follow me, youngster. Accordingly, I descended the ladder after him. Then I went down another, and then to my surprise I was desired by him to go down a third, which, when I had done, he informed me that I was in the cockpit. Now, youngster, said Mr. Trotter, seating himself upon a large chest, you may do as you please. The midshipman's mess is on the deck above this, and if you like to join, why, you can. But this I will tell you as a friend, that you will be thrashed all day long, and fare very badly. The weakest always goes to the wall there, but perhaps you do not mind that. Now that we are in harbour, I mess here, because Mrs. Trotter is on board. She is a very charming woman, I can assure you, and will be here directly. She has just gone up into the galley to look after a net of potatoes in the copper. If you like it better, I will ask her permission for you to mess with us. I had scarcely time to reply when I perceived a pair of legs, cased in black cotton stockings, on the ladder above us, and it proved that they belonged to Mrs. Trotter, who came down the ladder with a net full of smoking potatoes. Upon my word, Mrs. Trotter, you must be conscious of having a very pretty ankle, or you would not venture to display it as you have to Mr. Simple, a young gentleman whom I beg to introduce to you, and who, with your permission, will join our mess. My dear Trotter, how cruel of you not to give me warning! I thought that nobody was below. I declare I'm so ashamed. 
continued the lady simpering, and covering her face with the hand which was unemployed. "'It can't be helped now, my love. Neither was there anything to be ashamed of. I trust Mr. Simple and you will be very good friends. I believe I mentioned his desire to join our mess.' "'I am sure I shall be very happy in his company. This is a strange place for me to live in, Mr. Simple, after the society to which I have been accustomed. But affection can make any sacrifice, and rather than lose the company of my trotter, who has been unfortunate in pecuniary matters—' "'But, my dear,' interrupted Mr. Trotter, "'is it not time to look after our dinner?' "'Yes, I am going forward for it now. We have skewer pieces today, Mr. Simple. Will you excuse me?' and then, with a great deal of flirtation and laughing about her ankles, and requesting me as a favour to turn my face away, Mrs. Trotter ascended the ladder. As the reader may wish to know what sort of looking personage she was, I will take this opportunity to describe her. Her figure was very good, and at one period of her life I thought her face must have been very handsome. At the time I was introduced to her, it showed the ravages of time or hardship very distinctly. In short, she might be termed a faded beauty— "'flaunting in her dress, and not very clean in her person. "'Charming woman, Mrs. Trotter, is she not, Mr. Simple?' said the master's mate, "'to which, of course, I immediately acquiesced. "'Now, Mr. Simple,' continued he, "'there are a few arrangements which I had better mention while Mrs. Trotter is away, "'for she would be shocked at our talking about such things. "'Of course, the style of living which we indulge in is rather expensive. "'Mrs. Trotter cannot dispense with her tea and her other little comforts. "'At the same time, I must put you to no extra expense. I had rather be out of pocket myself. I propose that during the time you mess with us, you shall only pay one guinea per week. And as for entrance money, why, I think I must not charge you more than a couple of guineas. Have you any money? Yes, I replied. I have three guineas and a half left. Well, then, give me the three guineas and the half guinea you can reserve for pocket money. You must write to your friends immediately for a further supply. I handed him the money which he put in his pocket. "'Your chest,' continued he, "'you shall bring down here, "'for Mrs. Trotter will, I am sure, if I request it, "'not only keep it in order for you, "'but see that your clothes are properly mended. "'She is a charming woman, Mrs. Trotter, "'and very fond of young gentlemen. "'How old are you?' "'I replied that I was fifteen. "'No more. "'Well, I am glad of that, "'for Mrs. Trotter is very particular after a certain age. "'I should recommend you on no account "'to associate with the other midshipmen.' They are very angry with me because I would not permit Mrs. Trotter to join their mess, and they are sad storytellers. That they certainly are, replied I. But here we were interrupted by Mrs. Trotter, coming down with a piece of stick in her hand, upon which were skewered about a dozen small pieces of beef and pork, which she first laid on a plate, and then began to lay the cloth and prepare for dinner. We have but a poor dinner today, said Mrs. Trotter, for the bumboat woman disappointed me. "'I particularly requested her to bring me off a leg of lamb, "'but she says that there was none in the market. "'It is rather early for it, that's true, "'but Trotter is very nice in his eating. "'Now let us sit down to dinner.' "'I felt very sick, indeed, and could eat nothing. "'Our dinner consisted of the pieces of beef and pork, "'the potatoes, and a baked pudding in a tin dish. "'Mr. Trotter went up to serve the spirits out to the ship's company "'and returned with a bottle of rum.' "'Have you got Mr. Simple's allowance, my love?' inquired Mrs. Trotter. "'Yes, he is victual to-day, as he came on board before twelve o'clock. "'Do you drink spirits, Mr. Simple?' "'No, I thank you,' replied I, for I remembered the captain's injunction. "'Taking, as I do, such an interest in your welfare, "'I must earnestly recommend you to abstain from them,' said Mr. Trotter. "'It is a very bad habit, 
and once acquired not easy to be left off. I am obliged to drink them, that I may not check the perspiration after working in the hold. I have, nevertheless, a natural abhorrence of them, but my champagne and claret days are gone by, and I must submit to circumstances. My poor trotter, said the lady. Well, continued he, it's a poor heart that never rejoiceth. He then poured out half a tumbler of rum, and filled the glass up with water. My love, will you taste it? Now, Trotter, you know that I never touch it, except when the water is so bad that I must have the taste taken away. How is the water today? As usual, my dear, not drinkable. After much persuasion, Mrs. Trotter agreed to sip a little out of his glass. I thought that she took it pretty often, considering that she did not like it, but I felt so unwell that I was obliged to go on the main deck. I went to bed very tired. Mr. Trotter had my hammock hung up in the cockpit, separated by a canvas screen from the cot in which he slept with his wife. I thought this very odd, but they told me it was the general custom on board ship, although Mrs. Trotter's delicacy was very much shocked by it. I was very sick, but Mrs. Trotter was very kind. When I was in bed she kissed me, and wished me good night, and very soon afterwards I fell fast asleep. End of chapter 5